Hey everybody, welcome to this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. I'm your host, Marcus Engel, and my hostess with the mostest is The Hotness. Hi. Hello. And this is the podcast where we teach com uh, compassionate communication, provide perspective, and inspire resilience. And I'm just going to call her out right now because one of us brought ice cream into the studio today. You are so calling me out. I know. Oh, man. I know. I know. That's terrible. And did this someone bring any ice cream for the other someone in the studio? Well, definitely not now. <laughs> I'm so not sharing now. I don't blame you. I wouldn't <laughs> share with me either. So, uh, so we're talking about ice cream. We're talking about uh, some some compassionate things here, and I, I don't know exactly when you'll be listening to this, but we have had uh, a, a new start to the school year, and at the new start to the school year, it's always an exciting time. I remember being a kid and almost like not being able to go to sleep before the nice first night of school. Did you do that? I you know, I'm I don't have the best memories. I do <laughs> I do remember my mom talking about how I was always scared to go to school and we walked to school. We were we lived really close and they would have to drag me and honestly she says kind of swap me down the the sidewalk to make me go because super introvert which is i was going to say that's introversion <laughs> that's not any kind of, no because you're you loved reading you love learning you're i love school but i would be so scared at the first few days yeah. and they uh they had to kind of drag me to school but i loved school i was just scared well i didn't have to get dragged to school because i like school but i was the extrovert i went to school not just because I love to learn, but because I love my friends, right? And you got to go with your same people all the years, That's true. Right? You moved around a lot. That's true. That's really cool. I love that about you. And I love that you had that quintessential uh, mid Midwestern hometown, <laughs> go with all the same people. I really love that. It is really nice that now, pushing 50 years old, I'm still... Uh, good friends with a lot of the same people that I was in elementary school with. That's so uh, cool. That's, that's something that I think people that aren't from small town America might not uh, completely understand. But so, so we were at, at the beginning of the school year here, our grandson, whose name is Mason and he is the world's coolest, almost 11 year old, just started his fifth grade year, just started his fifth grade year. And I'm one of those people who very much believes that, you know, you can read philosophers, you can read brainiac academics, you can read tons of thought leaders, but sometimes the absolute best answers and the best uh, overall framing of life comes from children, comes from children. So uh, Mason's in the fifth grade this year. My mom was a fifth grade teacher, a fifth grade public educator for many, many years. Uh, so many of her students still talk about how my mom was one of her favorite teachers, one of their favorite teachers. I understand that. I Your understand mom's pretty that too. Spectacular Absolutely. Person. And my, when I think about my favorite teachers, it was my fifth grade teacher who was probably my favorite of all of my teachers too. Really? Mrs. Thrasher. Yep. And Mrs. Thrasher and my mom and dad and uh, Mr. Thrasher are still good friends with my parents. I see them. Oh. Uh, every year or two, and and I I just think about why was she my favorite teacher, and I, I think about this a lot. She she encouraged a love of reading in me. Um, 
she encouraged a love of reading. I already had that, but I remember in my fifth grade year, I believe I read over a hundred books that year for fun, right? A uh, hundred books that year for fun. And so I was really interested to get Mason's kind of his, his viewpoint on, well, who's your favorite teacher? Because he's in a, he's in a really great school. And at his school, he switches from teachers to teachers, even in fifth grade. And so he, we asked him, sat there and said, so who's your favorite teacher? And he told us her name and you ask him the best question. Well, why is she your, why is she your favorite? And he gets a big smile and he said, cause she's really nice. Yeah. And that was it. Cause she's really nice. And then we had to keep digging. Uh, well, why is she really nice? Well, she gives us candy if we get an answer <laughs> right. But the the big smile that he got on his face said, she's really nice. And I think about how simplistic and how just authentically true that is for all of us. Why do you love this person? Because she's really nice. Because he's really nice. Um, being nice is, I don't know, I think it's, uh, kind of hardwired into us. Maybe not all the time. Maybe we lose sight of it, but it is just being nice. Being kind can be the the greatest thing that 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 we can do for another person, right? Yeah, it's it's hard to come by nice people on some <laughs> some days, right? That's true. But it's really an important thing to remember to just be nice. Sometimes that's just a smile. To someone on a hard day to just be nice. Sometimes it's just doing the opposite of what mean is, right? <laughs> if you are just not a jerk, you don't even have to be nice. You just have to not be a jerk and people think of you as nice or they don't think of you as uh, anything right. in a negative context. And, and truthfully, there are days it's hard to be nice because mm. you're having a hard day. Mm-hmm. Right? And yep. you just don't feel like being nice. Human beings, right? right? We all have those hard days. We all have I've those had. days. Yep. And we snap on our partner or we snap on the person on customer service on the phone line. That doesn't maybe deserve it. They had nothing to do with your problem yeah. and you just want to get it out on somebody. But sometimes just remembering, okay, I'm just going to be nice to this cashier who had nothing to do with my hard day. Yeah. Boy, yeah, that that deferment of emotions uh, whenever we we have a bad day. So you come home and, you know, the the old phrase used to be kick the dog. But I think that's kind of triggering because I don't like the idea of people hurting dogs. Uh, So you come home and instead of, quote unquote, kicking the dog, you verbally kick the people in your family. Right. You you verbally uh, maybe make a fight where there doesn't need to be one. Who does this frequently? Me. <laughs> Me. Now, hotness here will never admit that I, in public, that I do that. But I do that sometimes. And, and I don't think it's that I uh, am inherently being mean. It's, it's a stress response, right? It's a it reaction to what's going on. And uh, we certainly all have plenty of things that we're carrying in this post-COVID world that we're in. Uh, maybe it's not really even post-COVID yet. But... I think being nice in spite of the fact that other people are not being nice 
I think mm-hmm. that's whenever whenever we refuse to be sucked into somebody else's drama, to somebody else's bad mood, to someone else's reaction, we're being nice, right? Right. Just, and, you know, some of us have jobs and positions where we are the brunt of someone else who they're having their drama, they're having their really, really hard time. And we get the brunt of them not being nice that has nothing to do with us. But they have a hard time being nice to us. I think about, uh, you said the people that their job is to get the brunt of that uh, reaction and anger and stress like that. I'm immediately uh, drawn to the idea of those who work in the emergency departments at hospitals. You expect to have people coming in who are hurting and who might mm-hmm. be coming off drugs or just going on drugs or uh, in some way hurt or they've got a family member that's hurt and they're scared and they're confused and yes. they start yelling and screaming and cussing and, uh, you know, I'm going to filming. That's the big thing these days. I'm going to film you and I'm going to turn you in. And they're tired of waiting in the waiting room. All of those things, right? So you kind of expect to deal with those in certain positions. And those of us who don't have those vulnerable patient-facing positions, uh, we may not have as much tolerance as those of you who are in the clinics do. Uh, and in the different departments, especially the emergency department. So we thank you all for continuing to just be nice. Be nice to those people who are suffering. Be nice to those people, even if they're not nice to you. It's just something that we can do that is as simple. That So what was the game a few years ago? Are you smarter than a fifth grader? <laughs> On those trivia games, I'm usually not smarter than a fifth grader. (laughs) But when Mason said about his teacher, she's just really nice, it made me think, I can understand that. So maybe I am as smart as a fifth grader. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Even when it's hard, I'm going to try to keep that in mind. To be nice and be nice to the proper people who don't deserve my uh, frustration. Yeah, there's there's so many things or times are going on, uh, difficulties that we're having inside of our own heads with uh, whatever we're frustrated with, whether it's a job or family or uh, finances or money or any kinds of things that we're that we're feeling vulnerable about. Uh, oftentimes, then we lash out at another person, and we feel like, well, at least we have some control in this area. I can try to control. A situation whenever I feel out of control and that kind of stuff is coming straight out the mouth of my counselors for the last several <laughs> years that have, have taught me uh, some of those trauma responses and how to let go of some of that control let go of that control let go of that need to be right let go of that desire to set somebody straight when they're not nice and you just be nice just be the nice person in the inter- in the interaction, in the interchange, in the scenario. Yeah, and you know, I always feel better when I let that go, and when I make the endeavor to speak kindly into someone's life. There's always something that I can do positive for someone when I look around and I say, "Okay, I'm going to find someone." 
to speak positive and speak life into. When I look at the table next to me at dinner and I say, oh man, those children are well behaved. And I look at that mom who's about to lose her mind and I say, man, you're doing a good job. I see that. I see you doing a good job. Hang in there. I walk away feeling better. I hope she does, but I do. And sometimes those people you know? who are so super frazzled just need somebody to be nice to them. Just need somebody to be nice, right? Mm-hmm. Not somebody to add more stress onto their day. Right, right. The screaming mom, on, the mom with the screaming, screaming mom, the mom with the screaming kids on the plane going, you know, I've been there. You're doing great. That yeah. I, I need to do that. If I look at it that way, I have more grace and more patience. And I'm just going to tell the story on you because I can. Um, Marlene is like the baby whisperer on planes. It seems almost like Murphy's <laughs> Law that whenever we get sat down on a plane, there's going to be a baby uh, within like three feet of us. And of <laughs> course, you know, babies cry on planes. How could they, they not do. with their ears? And oh gosh, I can't even imagine it being able to express that. And so sometimes screaming is the only way that a baby can express their uh, whatever's going on with them, their discontent, their hurt, their confusion and fear. And you just always look at babies and maybe wave at babies and smile at babies. And the next thing we know, the mother who has had a half an hour trying to settle her child down, it just takes a look from Marveline or a little wave or a, a touch on the head and kids calm down. You're the baby whisperer. Because <laughs> I want more of them in my life. Yeah, well, Bring them to me. Give me all the grandchildren. All the babies. All the babies. <laughs> Let's stick with dogs. <laughs> Actually, we got such great grandkids, that uh, such wonderful grandkids that, that we, uh, we're, we feel so fortunate. We do. We so. do. And we a learn thing. a lot from them, too, about just being nice. Just be nice. Just it's a good nice. thing. Yeah. Well, we want to thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. We want to thank you if you have been subscribing or rating or reviewing or interacting on social media. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for uh, continuing to support us. We very much appreciate your attention. We very much appreciate you listening in and trying to help us help everybody make this a much more compassionate world. Again, so I'm Marcus Single, your host, and the hotness, Marveline. Marveline. We want to thank you all so much for being with us for this episode of Compassion and Courage, Conversations in Healthcare. This is the podcast where we teach compassionate communication, inspire resilience, and provide perspective. Thank you all so much. 